Hey, it's Brian Buford from the Employee Success Center at the University of Louisville. And I love nothing more than helping people find meaning and purpose in their jobs. So join me here to talk about how we can make each day in your workplace a great experience and learn from the stories of amazing people who are leaning into their gifts and talents, all to help you be your best self at work. This is the Employee Success Podcast. Well, hello, listeners. I'm not sure when you're actually listening to this podcast. Uh, We are recording it in January of 2024. It's the beginning of the new year. Uh, the, the, The semester has just begun here at UofL. It's a really exciting time. Um, I know you might be listening at other times of the year, and that's great. I think it's always good to come back to that sense of a new year and that sense of possibility and purpose. And in fact, today we wanted to talk about how you can begin the new year really with a sense of your noble purpose. As you know, we've been talking about the cardinal principles here on the podcast and occasionally visiting one of those. And we're going to visit one today, the principle of noble purpose. Those principles are our guiding values, the the rules of engagement here at UofL, how we aspire to create a world of work that we all feel engaged in. And so uh, there are eight cardinal principles organized around the word cardinal, C-A-R-D-I-N-A-L. And we've looked at many of them so far, but I am so excited Because I think this uh, sense of noble purpose is a thing that propels us through our lives, that gives us a sense of meaning, uh, joy in our work, that what we do is meaningful and purposeful. And I tell new employees all the time that one of the great joys of being part of a university community is you can pretty directly draw a line between what you do and the vision and the success of the university, the the, uh, impacting the lives of students, patients, colleagues, alums. Um, everything we do here at the University of Louisville is really around this idea of making the world a better place. And that that's just a powerful, noble purpose. Now, before we dig in here too deeply, though, I want to just welcome our guest. I There is not a better person I know than Errol Went to talk about what noble purpose means. Errol, welcome. Thank you for having me. Glad to be back. So good to see you. So good to see you. You know, Errol, we um, generally have tried to uh, lean into having guests who are UofL folks. But, and I hope you uh, share this sentiment with me. You are a UofL person. Absolutely. Wherever you go in the world. Absolutely. Wherever you do your work, you are part of us. Yes, yes. I... uh, Proud alum of the University of Louisville. I graduated in 2008 with my uh, a double major in Pan-African Studies and Spanish and uh, and uh, worked at the University of Louisville um, in the Office of Undergraduate Admissions. Um, I founded the MLK Scholars Program at the University of Louisville. Um, you know, I I spent the better part of my career and my uh, my life in the city of Louisville and, uh, and, and connected to the University of Louisville. So this is certainly a home homecoming. Uh, I've since started my own business and ventured out to explore my noble purpose. Yes. Um, 
beyond the um, you know the the nest, uh, the cardinal nest that cultivated me and developed me with all of the amazing colleagues and friends and family like you and others. And, and I'm just happy to be here. I'm so glad. Your um, your legacy, your imprint is everywhere at this university. Oh, the things you've done and lives you've touched. Even here on our team, we were just chatting with Danielle out out in the office. And I know you've been a big part of her professional life. And Man, uh, Danielle is, uh, you know, one of those, you know, quiet storms. Um, yeah. Incredibly brilliant. Um, started her own business, you know, raised a daughter, um, has uh, done so much, so many good things. And I was really fortunate to have be a, a, a partner with her on my team when I was in the office of undergraduate yeah. admission. So, yeah, it's been great to you as well. You know, the, the multiple projects we worked on uh, while I was here, the Rustin Scholars, the MLK Scholars, the diversity um, programming. It, yeah. It's just all the memories are coming back, and I, I'm just happy to be here. Yes, we were just reminiscing. You know, one of my very favorite things I ever got to do at UofL and – Something I'm so proud of is that civil rights immersion trip that we did. Yes. We took groups of students for a couple of years to Alabama to really trace the steps, kind of trace the history of the civil rights movement in Selma, Birmingham, Montgomery. And, you know, we were just kind of being creative and trying to be innovative and come up with something that we thought would speak to both our King Scholars and our Reston students, and it was, it was uh, just a beautiful experiment that was amazing. Yeah, I agree. yeah. Let me tell you all a little bit more about Errol before we hop in here. Errol is, as he mentioned, you know, a proud U of L graduate, alum, a former employee here, but currently the founder and chief inspiration officer of Mara Bridge Consulting Solutions which is a human innovation design firm that supports the planning and organizational leadership development uh, for its client base. Um, he, uh, you know, Errol has uh, been propelled into a life of community-based engagement after his years of service at UofL and other institutions. Um, he enjoys public speaking, facilitating the process of building connections and inciting moments of design inspiration. I know you love that. Yes. And that's that thinking space of just creative design. Absolutely. He also asserts, and I think you'll hear that reflected here today, that good leadership isn't about having the right answers, but rather the right questions. And Errol has taken that message across the country, helping individuals and organizations redefine success in a customized manner defined from within. That's cool, Errol. Yep. From Thank the you. from the inside out. From the inside out. From the inside out. So I think about you when I think about noble purpose. Um, and I'll tell you, there probably is no other cardinal principle that I, f- I feel as strongly about as I do noble purpose, that working here in this space is the opportunity of a lifetime to connect to something important, to um, your meaning. Let me read you um, the description. There's an official description of the cardinal principles, and let me read you the one for noble purpose. It says, each of us will identify for ourselves the way in which we make a difference. We know we must solve the problems of access and affordability 
to give everyone the opportunity to find and pursue their own noble purpose. So Errol, I was sort of thinking that, you know, new year, fresh start, people are thinking about their goals for 2024. Um, and what I hope for people, I really carry this intention in my heart that I want everyone who works here to discover for themselves how they make a difference, whether they're working um, in a computer lab or on the grounds or in a classroom or they're out visiting colleges, you know, admitting new students. I want everyone to find that sense of noble purpose. Can you kind of help us get started here just thinking about your own journey around noble purpose and um, how you, I know you've been on that, that journey to understand your why and the difference that you make. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the part of your definition that, that particularly stood out was the way in which we make a difference the way, like our process, the manner, and that went into how. And one of the, the, the parts of my story when you ask, well, how do, how do I approach stepping into and moving towards my noble purpose? Like all of us, the pandemic was a transformational experience for me. Um, you know, uh, just a quick contextual background. Um, I spent my career selling the American dream. Right. Uh, that's what an admissions an admissions uh, professional does. It says that if you come into this experience, this university experience, we are going to promise you um, a pathway towards economic and social mobility and personal transformation. When the pandemic happened, it was in a really interesting time in terms of our nation. I mean, debt, university debt was at an all time high. The value proposition of higher education was in question. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the function of higher education was being challenged with ed adjacent industries, um, and it didn't translate as well to the virtual world. Um, and so we as admissions professionals had to, to get very creative to really ask ourselves, well, what's the purpose of how are we going to sell a purpose to our clients, to our incoming students, to our parents, and move forward from there? And uh, it was then that I um, I found myself, you know, looking at my own life and saying, well, what what is what is this all for? And, and and it took me down two branches. So when you think about the way in which we make a difference, I think there's this uh, this dichotomy between what looks good and what feels right. I think we spend our lives uh, kind of socialized ourselves to, to, to lean into what looks good, you know, whatever the teacher wants, whatever to get the A, whatever to make it to the next grade, whatever, then eventually what does that supervisor need? What do I need for the promotion? What do I need for the pay increase? Um, and as long as I can study, you know, you, Brian, as my supervisor and, and get exactly what you need, I will fulfill my noble purpose within this organizational context. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. You know, I think that you have to, to recognize the construct of the, the, the space that you're in. But what about you, you know, as a soul? You know, what about you as a, as, you know, a person? You know, what about you and your humanity? Um, what actually feels right? And how do you 
connect back to that which you entered in in the first place. When a student comes into college, um, it's the first time that they're, according to uh, student development theory, Baxter McGolder's self-authorship, it's the first time that a student or many students, they're stepping away from their authority figures and they're not coming into this world and they get to confirm or deny those truths, the, those truths that they've learned throughout their lives in terms of how they make a difference. And uh, I, think, I think the exploration of that doesn't end in college. I think, and that's why this, the, the, the very spirit of your office is so essential. The very spirit of this podcast is so essential because we spend our entire lives asking ourselves, am I doing this for me? Or am I doing this for the approval of those outside of me? And I think we all do a little bit of both. And so that my journey the last several years since, you know, making the choice to start my business, um, you know, effectively step back from a very successful career path. I mean, uh, I, I say this uh, with humility, but confidence. I was at the, the stage of my career where I'm in spaces where they're talking to me about the, the pathway to become a college president, you know. Um, but I had to take a, a, a pause and say, well, what's, what's my why? You know, what does that lifestyle look like? What are the sacrifices that need to be made? Um, and what is my contribution on this planet? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's such a powerful distinction to make um, that career success, and, and often is there are pretty well-defined um, you know, ladders and paths for career success, which might mean more money, higher up the org chart, better title, better parking place, better office, um, could align. It could align with your noble purpose. But our purpose, um, our why, is so much more um, um, ineffable in some ways than just career success. They, they may align, but maybe, and it sounds like in your instance you had to ask that question, does my noble purpose carry me through this sort of trajectory for my career? Yeah, absolutely. It. Um, I was at a, uh, a, a significant turning point as an admissions professional. I, I was following uh, Washington Post columnist religiously Jeff Salingo as he was, you know, you know, showcasing the numbers um, in terms of the number of students that were coming into college, uh, but then stopping out, you know, had some debt, but no degree. And as uh, that number ballooned and continued to increase during the pandemic, um, and I was going out and uh, as the face of, uh, at the time I was at Indiana University, I found myself asking, well, what am I doing? You yeah. know, like, is yeah. is this, you know, what I was at the University of Louisville and I was uh a purveyor of, you know, a major scholarship program. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm watching students, you know, you know, take in different, you know, you know, the, the Cardinal Covenant and the Porter Scholarship and the MLK Scholars and Brownfellow, all of these resources. And, and then we're entering into this new era. Um, I just, I just uh, had to sit back and say, you know, how do we, 
not necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater because higher education is incredibly important and it is a fantastic pathway. But what's the process to take your why and recalibrate it, okay, and then allow it to influence, not control, not, you know, shape, but influence in a direction that is consistent with the laws of of the universe that speak to change. The only thing constant in this world is change. However, we live in a uh, in a in a world in a context that um, we're trained to build machines. You know, predictability. You know, like things that will that will produce the same outcome over and over and over again, which is super essential. But combining all of that and figuring out well, what's how do we how do we reimagine ourselves over and over again, and how do we reimagine our work over and over again? That's scary terrain, you know. Um, but it 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 certainly is something I think is that can uh, that can move you into evolving your, your 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 purpose as you go forward. Let me ask you about the basic premise of noble purpose of this principle, which says that each of us will identify for ourselves the way in which we make a difference. And that, I think sometimes I get pushback on that from folks who say, look, I just need a job. I've got a family to support. Uh, I got a mortgage. Um, and noble purpose sounds great if it, if it happens great, but that's not, that's the cart before the horse. The, the, the horse is job, income, salary, benefits, these things that are essential to our life. I guess I want to ask you, do you buy into this idea that having a noble purpose is also essential to our life? I do. Um, I remember when I first came to the University of Louisville and I had a, uh, I was pushing the, you know, the purpose, you know, the noble purpose mantra as a new supervisor. And uh, one of, you know, one of my direct reports who, I'm 20 years my senior. Um, she comes up to me, full respect, and said, "Hey, Earl, I, I I love what you're talking about, but look, I'm I'm here to collect a check. All right, yeah. Um, I'm gonna give you everything that you need, you know, but I'm not here for you know all of the effectively this noble purpose uh, uh, talk, and uh, it threw me aback. But I also recognized and I appreciated it. The uh, the recognition of the functional, you know, aspect of my purpose is to make money, is to create a living, you know, like within this context. And that perhaps my my purpose isn't connected to my career. My purpose might be outside of my job. And that's okay, right? But how do you go ahead and recognize within the job, you know, the skills, the interest, and the values that you can then highlight in the areas that are going to amplify the purpose of an organization, yes. right? How do you take that person and say, I honor the fact that this is not, this is not the domain where your noble purpose will, you know, it, it, you see your noble purpose, but at the same time, let's talk about and let's explore those areas that are and find those transferable elements and say and give you projects that are going to feed that. 
And then over time, I didn't have to use the term noble purpose. She's operating, you know, in this inspired way, you know, in, in the years that we were working together. And so I think a key part of noble purpose is that it has to come from you, time, your own timeline, your own mm. modality. If I am from the outside as a supervisor trying to impose this purpose, there's the mission of the organization. Here is the purpose. This is what I, you're most people are going to be like, whoa, relax. Like, uh, this is, and, and so I, I think it's it, it's really important to talk about that inside out, you know, process and, 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 and think about it in that regard. Yeah, this is good stuff, Errol, that you're, you're helping me think about because I feel like sometimes an, an evangelist that UofL is a place where you can, where everybody can have a noble purpose. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. I do believe that the vision of an institution can find its way to each each person who comes in, who, who works here. I do believe that. But I also, I think you're right. I, I can't impose it on others. People have to find that per, for themselves. And I, and I guess one of the questions I had in my mind as I thought about you being here today was this idea of does it have to come from work? Does our noble purpose have to, do we have to find that in the work we do? And it sounds like maybe not. Maybe work um, gives us the funds and the tools and resources so that we can go discover that wherever it is in the world. Um, and like work is a, a, a means to an end for a noble purpose. Well, uh, yes, but boy, oh boy, uh, is our is our socialization system set up to where we it's learned that it should come from work, right? I mean, we spend from kindergarten to present, we spend the majority of our times in our quote unquote jobs, you know, like, and if you kind of think about the construct of our lives, um, you know, in school, you're, you know, you're, you're in school from what, like a six hour day, six, seven hour day. Um, Then you get to college and you're in classes for effectively less time and then you have more free time. And then you go out into the work world and you are almost tripling the amount of time you're giving to your job, right? 40 hours plus to show that you, you're committed and that you care, right? And so when you talk, think about discovering your noble purpose, uh, you know, one of, the, one, of, one of the concepts that, you know, one of my favorite books is Essentialism by Greg McCown, and he talks about you know, the importance of free time and free play um, and your ability to explore the inner annals of your yourself, your person, and what, what brings you joy and what energizes you. But if you're spending 50, 60 hours, right, and you've got a full, full, full family at home, right, you know, and you've got 24 hours in a day, eight hours for sleep, eight hours at the job, and then you have eight hours left to split up for everything else. When are you spending time exploring your noble purpose? So it, it, what this concept of noble purpose, there's a certain level of personal radicalism that comes in this uh, that I would suggest, you know, to say that you're going to take back a particular portion of your time to, you know, really say, well, what, who was I before I was told this is who you're supposed to be? You know, like when I was a kid, 
I'll give you an example for me. I'll give you an example. I've really gotten into roller skating as an adult. Returned to it in my adult years. Um, as I, you know, sat back and just prayed, meditated, I was like, well, what are the what were the things that I, I did as a child? You know, like mm-hmm. that nobody told me to do, but I just gravitated towards it. And that was one of them. So then I go into roller skating. And instead of just being like, oh, the label roller skating, because all roller skating is is a word, right? That's that's it. How do you deconstruct what it actually is, right? Well, what roller skating is is being on eight wheels and in, in, in the experience of being vulnerable. Well, what roller skating is is, you know, moving in, in, in a common direction, circular direction with a group of people over and over again. What roller skating is, is the expression of art through body movement, right? The expression of art through music. What roller skating is, is the physical challenge of my body, right? You know, to get it to do what I tell it to do instead of it doing whatever it else it wants. So now I've deconstructed roller skating beyond simply a label into something that I can translate into my work, into my relationships, into you know my future projects but it takes it ta- it 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 took me taking a step back and identifying the the buckets like I and I keep on saying what 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 feels what feel, felt right in my life versus the things that I've done that have always looked good um and by no means am I pretending that I've got it all figured out and I I know my purpose and no, like it's that I I submit that that's a lifetime perpetual process that will change, you know, that will adjust with, you know, the the, the laws of, of change in, in this world. Um, but you got to start with something real. Attention, all employee success podcast listeners. Are you ready to supercharge your teaching and leadership skills? Faculty Feed is your go-to resource for dynamic discussions on teaching, learning, and leadership. Join us each week as we dive into innovative strategies, share success stories, and unlock the secrets to success in the world of academia. Subscribe now to Faculty Feed on your favorite podcast platform. Faculty Feed, where knowledge meets inspiration. I was hoping you would share some of the questions you've asked, some of the ways you've gone on that journey so we can offer them to others. And it sounds like one of the questions is um, thinking about yourself as a child, thinking of yourself in those playful moments. Who am I? And do I get to bring that forth? Like part of our noble purpose, we can look back and find it in ourselves all along the way, right? I love that. I'm wondering what else, if we wanted to say, here are some ways for you to start to get in touch with what might be your purpose, the difference that you make. Um, Like what else we might think about to help people start to determine it. Yeah, so um, let me bring my business into the conversation to answer this. So Marabris Consulting Solutions, one of the big reasons I moved in this direction was 
um, as a higher education professional, so much of my work was uh, was dependent on predictive modeling. And so effectively taking big pieces of data of human behavior from the past, um, looking for those trends and saying, we, we think that these humans are going to act this way, so we're going to create our product to, based off of that prediction. Well, when the pandemic happened, um, and, you, and then you also introduced mental health, right? The volatility of human predictable behavior was completely, it was, it was shattered. So it, it didn't render that, you know, that process of data analysis obsolete, but it did require a, a different level of creativity, right? A different approach to thinking about, well, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you go ahead and, and make a decision about what should be you know, from a forecasting standpoint, standpoint. Um, this is where when you ask the question, well, how do you how do you get somebody to, to, you know, to figure out their why, their purpose? So much of the work that we do with MR Bridge Consulting Solutions is about taking that those narratives, taking those stories, taking those images within people's heads in real time and putting it outside of themselves in objects. That's where that design thinking modality has become so valuable, so important. I always say whenever I do a podcast interview, you look at, you know, you look at um, um, some of the companies in this world now because things are changing so fast with artificial intelligence. You know, the very structures that we're in um, are, are changing, and uh, you've got. You've got that that pace is, is requiring us to really be honest with ourselves of where we are now and being able to to see who we are outside of ourselves in, in, in visual representations, whether that's art, whether that's words, whether that's music, whether that's, you know, uh, 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 whatever that may be. There's something very powerful that happens with that. So I submit to you that the first part of understanding what your noble purpose is, is to get out of your head, mm-hmm. right? It's to get out of the, you know, the, analy- the analytical part of you, right? Where you're, you're thinking about what you're thinking about because you're thinking about it and you're going to continue to think about it. And it's just thinking on top of thinking. But to, to purge it, to look at it, to sit with it, right? To share with that content with people that, that know you, Right. in the different versions of you. Right. And. And to be begin to 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 build and design things from it, not from the standpoint of saying we've got the machine that's going to carry us for the next 15 years, but we've got the thing that's going to work right now. You know, mm-hmm. I like to roller skate. I'm going to go to roller skating this week. So are you going to go roller skating every week? Maybe not. No, that might change. I'm, I am allowed to, for that to change without me being a failure. And I think oftentimes we, we equate success. We equate success with the ability for something to live into perpetuity. Yes. For our values and our why to be immutable over time. And that if we stop it or if we change, there's something wrong with me. But human beings are not machines. 
And that's the part of my work in Marbury's Consulting Solutions that I speak to at a, at a, at a, at a macro and a micro level to help organizations creatively think about a future that doesn't exist yet because that's what's happening all around us. That's what, that's what we're seeing in corporate right now in terms of these AI. They're, they're, they're sending out iterations of these chat bots and, and they have all kinds of issues and all kinds of problems. And they're like, oh, well, here's BARD, you know, tons of problems. Here's BARD too. And they're just rolling it out. What if we did that with our own lives? Gave ourselves permission to do the same thing. I love this. I love this so much. Um, that it's not static. It's not, we're not, it's not a stopping place. You don't figure out your noble purpose and you're done. And then also I love that you um, remind us that it's not in your head. It's not a thinking experience necessarily. I think a lot of our noble purpose we, we can be aware of in our bodies um, in those moments of bliss or flow. You know, um, I, I love to watch folks. My team, I have just these amazing, talented coworkers, and I can see moments where they are in the flow. They're not thinking about it. They're just doing what they're naturally great at. Um, that also makes the world better for other people. And um, so some of it, I suspect, is becoming aware of those moments when we're in that moment. I know for me, um, and this does connect to childhood for me, um, when I think about my happiest moments as a child was when I, you know, I would like to I'd pretend to be the teacher of the class, force, you know, my neighborhood kids to be in my class. Mm -hmm. I love to teach. I love to like help people. Mm -hmm. I love to be with people. That's been true of me my whole life. And when I have those moments where I am, I, I can tell you being on that um, immersion trip to Alabama, there were moments of absolute bliss where what I have to offer the world is actually a gift that others are receiving you know, that's purpose. That's my noble purpose. Um, also, by the way, that was not in our job descriptions. Nobody told us we had to come up with that trip, right? Correct. Yeah. You would, I could argue we were not paid extra. I mean, we didn't, you know, it wasn't like a, we were not motivated by X pays or salary bump. But that's, it's kind of how flow works, you know, like, you know, you, you, you find something that speaks to you and you just run with it, you know, and then you, if you're lucky enough, you give yourself the opportunity to pause and reflect about like, what, what, what did I just come out of? You know, what just happened? You know, and you, you build from there. Uh, let me say this. Uh, let me share this uh, professional story. I know I've been talking about roller skating. Let me share uh, the you know, the last year. So after uh, November of 2022, when I, you know, transitioned out of an on-campus experience and said, you know what, I'm going to give this, um, give the the self-employed, the building a business uh, a chance. Um, that year one was really interesting in terms of that noble purpose exploration. Um, I committed for 2023 to allow myself to gravitate uh, indiscriminately to activities and projects that spoke to me, that felt like a flow experience. 
and it was diverse. It was very, very diverse. Um, I intentionally took a step back from just being the enrollment management guy. I know the work, um, but I wanted to give myself a taste of multiple different industries. So, you know, I, I look back at the uh, contracts I had this past year and, you know, I worked in nonprofit. I, you know, I, I worked in government. Uh, I, you know, I did, a, you know, state education, you know, convening. I, you know, worked with the University of Louisville and, and the research and innovation team. It, it was just a chance to, to be able to, exp, you know, get a sense of the context um, and see myself in different contexts. But beyond just simply those, you know, those kind of, well, arrow with the degree in professional world, I, I was substitute teaching as well, you know, small children on the side. I was waiting tables as well, you know, like giving myself an opportunity to gravitate to areas that I have always found a, a fascination with, a joy, right? Um, and I'll, I'll submit, you know, when you talk about who, you know, what looks good versus what feels good. When I stepped into, you know, like homeschooling my daughter in the summer and substitute teaching or working at the restaurant, I had to work through all kinds of alarms that said, wait a second, you're not supposed to be doing this. You have a degree. You have 15 plus years of experience. You have, you know, all of these thoughts that say stay in your lane. Be what you know. Be what you were told to be. How many times do we live our lives like that? You know, how often do, do we live our lives in that level of safety? And it was the, uh, the great Diane Whitlock <laughs> who, uh, who had told me at the beginning of my journey, she said, you know, Errol, does it always have to be U of L? When I was coming back and, you know, looking to, you know, to reintegrate into the community and my thought was, come, let me come back to my home. This is home. U of L is home. I love the people here at the, at the University of Louisville. And so... Now that I'm a year out from that experience, all of those variety of projects, you know, the, the, the experience of working at the restaurant, the experience of homeschooling my daughter in the summer, the experience of substitute to, to teaching, you know, K through eight. I have so much content about what my what makes up my noble purpose. And if I were to put it into a phrase, I would say that it's the, the ability to facilitate moments of sincere Inspiration. Sincere. And I emphasize the word sincere, right? Because we can be inspired by something that we're, we were told we were supposed to be, right? I don't want to get in trouble with my boss. I'm inspired to get this report done. But sincerity to me is what's in your heart, between your heart and whatever your higher power is. It's a covenant. Nobody else can impose on that, right? And so just like Errol, the professional in terms of Mara Bridge with consulting, when I was waiting tables, I found myself completely enthralled with the experience of moving plates out the way, talking to my guests, you know, keeping their water filled, making recommendations on wine for their food dishes, and facilitating these moments where when I was when I was just walking around them, there's just like this synergy that's happening at the table. 
And I got to be a part of facilitating that. I didn't make it. I didn't control it. It came from within them. And that's, that's the kind of work that I want to do moving forward. So I want to ask you a question about that. First, I want to say um, it's not uncommon for someone to make a Diane Whitlock told me the thing I needed to hear comment on this podcast. So oh, I just yeah. want to shout out Diane for, you know, providing good content here. I want to, yes, uh, listen, put me on the right path many times. Yes. I want to ask you about this piece, though. Um, did you have to navigate Errol the professional, Errol the, the person on a trajectory toward university leadership, admired by many? Did you, was there any piece of you walking into that restaurant space that said, People are going to see me here. My friends are going to come in, and they're not going to understand. They're going to think I'm off my path. Oh, God, yes. Tell me about that. Oh, God, yes. Um, and I know this is a radio show, but I'm smiling really big. Um, you know, I'm going to – I'll tell a story. This is a, this is a, a, a real story. Uh, I uh, saw one of my uh, – Classmates, you know, so when I was in the restaurant space, um, it was it was tough to push through. Um, but I knew I, I knew I wanted the experience, you know, as as this dissonance, this part of this uh, noble, noble purpose moment. So uh, I end up seeing one of my uh, former classmates really successful. Um, he's been, you know, he comes in with some of his colleagues and he sees me in the restaurant and uh, he'd been. He'd been, you know, drinking a little bit, and uh, and he sees me. He says, Errol, hey, man, and he comes up. He gives me a hug, and he turns to his colleagues, and he puts his arm around me, and he's like, oh, this is Errol Wynn. Let me tell you, and he, like, tells me about – he literally talks about me from his, his, his perspective, the persona of Errol, right, um, and all of the successes that I've had, all the things that he admired that inspired him in his own career journey. Um, and I'm sitting there, you know, I've got my all black restaurant outfit on and, uh, and I'm taking it in and I'm just, I'm just like an out of body experience, right? Um, because I'm on this path. Okay. And after he finishes, it's like three minutes of adulation. He kind of turns towards me and he looks, he looks me up and down and he's like, and, and starts to set in and he says, Errol, what are you, what are you doing, man? And I'm like, well, I work here. And um, you know, and it was a it was a real it was one of the earlier moments. I've su I've since become very confident in terms of being in that space. But I was I felt this this weight over me, like oh my goodness, you know, like you know, like what does this mean for who I am, my person, my persona, like the respect, you know? And then he, uh, you know, he shakes his head and he, you know, and he brings me in and he says, hey, man, when I was on my path to becoming a millionaire, I was working nights at Costco, right? He said, keep going. Oh. And uh, that was a very special moment in that part of the journey because, again, if you don't ever, if you never give yourself the chance to see yourself in a new context, 
how can you explore whatever that purpose is, that new purpose in your life, that actual purpose? And unfortunately, I do think that, um, you know, so many of us, you know, and I, I certainly, I sold the path and I lived the path. I mean, it was it, it was embedded in my DNA. We we stay on the path all of our lives, and we, and and, and not necessarily saying working in a W two like that's not what I'm suggesting. Um, even if you work at a job and it's like this is what I do, this is my lane. I'm always going to do this, and but the ability to step outside and 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 have that you know, that dissonance, you know, to have that resistance, to feel it, to experience it and not run from it, that's where the, the, the lessons come from. That's where the, the laws, the, uh, the new knowledge comes in. So, yeah, it, it, it was hard in the beginning, yeah. um, but it informed as I picked up new contracts outside of my work, it informed my ability to step into those spaces and instead of be the arrow from the higher ed, you know, middle level manager um, world, you know, the arrow that is actively listening, you know, that's humbled, that nothing is beneath me, right? That I can, whatever, I can take risks and shifting from a W-2 employee to a, um, to an entrepreneur required that level of, of shock, I would suggest, so. Yeah, this goes back a little bit for me to what you said earlier about the the limited amount of time we have in life. We sleep eight hours. We have you know we work, we have families. Um, <clears throat> I could imagine some folks taking that restaurant job and saying, "I'm only doing this so that I can facilitate the next part of my life. This is like a transition, or this is like um, you know." Um, a necessary thing and I'm not going to invest anything in this because it's just it's just here to get me to the next thing I think we all I, I mean I know I've certainly done that yeah. I've spent a lot of time in things that I'm like I don't really like this this isn't I know I know I I know this isn't what I want to do um, but you you being uh, you're who you are with your sense of purpose it seems like you approach that you were not saying like this is just a um, throwaway restaurant job I'm going to do until I get my my consulting work full throttle. You were like in the moment, and I think this is a secret to success for folks: is whatever you're doing, see what you can find in that. Like, be present to that. Maybe you're in a job right now that does not feel like your noble purpose, but you know you're going to be in it. So, can you think about it differently? Yeah. Uh Great observation. Uh, certainly, certainly, it's it's interesting. I in the beginning, I presented it when I saw people I knew because I would people would come in the restaurant, yeah. you know, like I'm I'm when you do the work that I did in terms of recruiting students across the city, across the state, to the University of Louisville, you know, as the face of the University of Louisville, people know you, you know, and then I was. You know, during my time here, I was heavily involved in the community. I mean, I did, you know, food justice with, you know, uh, uh, um, New Roots, and I was involved in the Louisville Urban League and Louisville uh, Young Professionals uh, and, and Leadership Louisville, all, all of that. So with that being said, I originally, I, was, I felt compelled to make that cover, 
in the early days of working in that space, you know, that, hey, you know, I'm, I, I have a business, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, like, and this is just the means to an end. But in my heart, I knew that that wasn't why I was doing it. I was doing it because I entered the year and I paused and I prayed and I reflected and I said, what are the things, like I said in the beginning of this interview, what are the things that I found myself authentically gravitating towards in my lifetime? Like taking a moment, journaling, reflecting, meditating, and saying, not the things that my, you know, my dad said, you need to do this to be successful, or the teacher says, or the pastor, but me. It came authentically from me. In all of my life, Brian, I've I've gone to restaurants and I've looked at I've looked at waiters and I was like, I could do that. Yeah. And I could do that really well. And I could make a, a fantastic experience. Like people will walk out of there changed and transformed. And that's and honestly, like that's 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 what happened, you know, like I I would finish at my tables and people would give me their numbers and say, I, I want to stay in contact with you, you know? I, and they would thank me and they would, I, I would get amazing tips, you know? And um, I went into it not for a means to an end, but for, hmm, the opportunity to see myself for the first time. outside of everybody else's definition of who I'm supposed to be. And to test my resilience, to live a life that is defined by me for me. Mm -hmm. Errol, as we start to close out here, in my mind, I'm going back to the beginning, thinking about uh, the fact that it's January of 2024, that people... Um, maybe tuning in to, to think about noble purpose as part of their goals for the year. But maybe at other times as well, people might be just thinking about questioning, uh, reflecting on the work they do here at the University of Louisville and, and whether or not they're connected to a noble purpose or they have a, a sense of the way they make a difference. I just want to leave them with a just a thought maybe from each of us for me, I'll suggest the things I'm taking from this conversation are, um, one, to, to be willing to think in um, innovative ways, in unconventional ways, that your path, um, someone who looked at it might think it's unconventional, some of the things you did. Um, and, but that's exactly the path you were supposed to follow. I love the idea of thinking about... Um, those moments where we're playful, where we're, um, where we're not even thinking it, it, that it's coming to us so easily, we're not even thinking about it. So maybe reflecting there. But I wonder what else you would offer to folks as we finish up here, if um, they're going on this journey of discovering noble purpose. Sure. You know, as someone who has um, has been on the career trajectory, moved up, you know, methodically like clockwork uh, every three, you know, two to four years, 
um, gotten the, the the pay increases, but also realizing that every time that you get that pay increase, every time you get that title change, you you have a short window of satisfaction, and then you're back to where you are. And I think everybody that's listening to this can relate to that in some degree or another. And it's at that point that you have a choice. You have, it's at that point that you have a decision. I can say that I remember throughout my career that that decision was, well, I'm going to just go to the next the next milestone, right? I'm going to fight for the next pay increase or the next you know, the next title change or the next, you know, act, you know, the thing that's going to acknowledge that I'm that I'm doing good work that's helping people. Um but there's an alternative route. That's what I want people to know at that stage, right? Um, and it's at that point that you can choose to, in sincere, begin to explore your why beyond those particular indicators, right? To be able to explore your why not only within your work, but also outside of your work life, within your family, within your hobbies, right? Within your parenting identity, you know, within all of those. And to build that in, that support network around you in readiness for such a move. Because you know that, like some of the stories that I shared, that's going to take a certain level of, of, of courage, right? Because you're moving in a way that's different than how you've moved previously. But if you want something you've never had, you've got to do something that you've never done. And so I, I leave with that that uh, blessing and that uh, you know uh, noble desire on my part for all of the listeners to step into your courage season, you know, and um, and see yourself outside of yourself, you know, maybe for the first time, um, you know, but uh, I promise you. Uh, through all of it, it, it'll inspire you to, you know, to step into your noble purpose. It's a journey well worth going on, isn't it? Yes, sir. Errol Went, thank you so much. Thank you for the work you've done here at UofL, the impact you've had, the work you continue to do. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me back, you know, and as always, go Karts. Absolutely. Uh, before you go, we do, uh, we always close our podcast episodes with a speed round. So I'm very excited to hear how you will finish these sentences. I'll just start one, just finish it with whatever comes to mind. Success is? Being able to choose peace and joy in all situations. A great boss. Listens to understand. The best job I ever had was? Being a dad. Someone who inspires me. Myself. At my retirement party, I want people to say, Errol, whenever, whenever Errol came around, he, uh, he spread joy and light. Mm. And it was always a pleasure to be in his presence. Wow. It is a pleasure to be in your presence. It's a pleasure I'm, to be in your presence. I may have to make myself the chair of your retirement party planning committee. Uh, thank you. Thank you, and continue to do the great work you're doing. Thank you. 
and you keep doing the same. The Employee Success Podcast is a project of the Employee Success Center at the University of Louisville. Hosted by me, Brian Buford, Executive Director for University Culture and Employee Success. Produced by Laura McDaniels, with support from the whole team at the center, who are all devoted to making your work life a great experience. Learn more about the Employee Success Center at louisville.edu slash employee success. Till next time. Thanks, friends.